Hello, and welcome to this week's BWB Extra, where we continue our conversation with David Spickett, founder of The Car Crowd, the UK's first fractional ownership platform dedicated to passion assets with the aim of democratizing investment, starting with classic cars. We get to know more about what makes David tick, how he came to be doing what he's doing, the next top three cars he has his investment eye on, and discuss what the future holds for the car crowd. What's your long-term goal then? Um, well, we talked about NFTs. I think you know, I think we want to get into the digital world as well as the the, the physical world. So, the end, the end goal for the business is to have the first globally fan-owned motor museum. There's now two reasons to have a company in America, dare I say, because they would allow you to do an NFT much easier than here, and and they'd allow you to own some of your own vehicles. Not that I'm advising you go to a bloody America. Well, there's also a lot. Of, there's a lot of competition already in the states because uh, where they started in 2015, Rally Road and collectible. You may have uh, trouble moving your family there as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, then my, my wife could get a job in Miami quite easily. So you never know. What's your What's your wife do? Uh, she works for a company called Zilch. She's, she's the global CMO for Zilch. Oh yeah, you said, right. Okay. She's a buy now, pay later. Um, she's also a, obviously an advisor for well, us. She's the well, killer salesperson you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's pretty good. Yeah, she's yeah. talking with an element of bias there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got to say that in case she sees this, yeah. she won't watch it though. No. It's too long. Yeah. <laughs> Short attention span. <laughs> I didn't know if I could move to Miami because there are the hottest women in the world in Miami. It is agony when you go to Miami and they're all dressed like porn stars yeah. and it's just like every time you turn around and you know I love my wife but that's too much pressure but hang on, hang on. There's, there's a it'll saying. all be underwater soon anyway yeah. with the climate there's one. a saying it doesn't matter where you go to get your appetite as long as you come home for dinner I know there's another saying though <laughs> Sorry, Prana. Let's not go there. I mean, it's just too much. Prana would be, she agree. She'd be like, Jesus Christ, you need to have sex with one of these people. I mean, it's agony. It's agony. So, what's the most misunderstood thing about your job, David? Uh, oh, I mean, that's it. That's definitely easy. That's everyone expects us to be millionaires. Okay. Because as soon as you say the word like I run an investment company, that's it. They're like, oh my God, you must have massive swimming pools indoors and, you know, yeah. helicopters, McLaren. You know, they just they interesting to think Wolf of Wall Street or something. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Tell, tell people <laughs> it's, it's a, a car, car club company. I know, I probably should do a car network, classic yeah. car network. And then they were like, oh, bored. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a big misconception. You know, it is true. Your business is like, yeah, it's like you, you, it'll take a while, but in a year or two, you're going to find four words that nails your business. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's actually quite hard to describe. I'm trying to it work it out in describe. my head. And the, and the category is so new. You know, there's, 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 there's businesses that are starting up now, but we've been doing this for two and a bit years uh, as a sole one, really. I mean, Koya came and went. They, they came, started to try and do it for um, like um, bottles of champagne and things like yeah. that, but they had to go out of Estonia because they couldn't get regulation. And... But you'll probably, you'll probably end up being one of those, we're the eBay of X. I know, hope so. Someone I'd else does something and you're like, oh, that's exactly what we do with But cars. we do it with cars. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. You know, I don't know. It, it's, we almost need more entrance into to the yeah. market to help us um, familiarise people with the category. Yeah. I mean, it's a slightly odd thing because more people own cars than they do works of art. So it's kind of a, it's, it's weird. How dare you talk about my art like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, What's the biggest problem facing you or your your, your business? Sorry, financial instability when you're running an investment business is never a good idea. Um, you know, you want people to know what money they've got and what's spare. And I think at the moment, with the doom and gloom and the interest rates going up and mortgage business over the hill, you know, our target market isn't the uber wealthy. You know, we're not looking for people to put fifty to sixty k into a car. Uh, although we'd love that into the business if anybody fancies putting money into the business. But into the actual cars themselves, our average investment's about two two and a half thousand pounds. So we're looking for 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 the sort of people that may be affected if the 
interest rates go up two or three percent on their mortgage, they might have to save for that rather than put money into an investment. Yeah. So it does affect us quite a lot. So so it, as long as we know, we can plan for it. But at the moment, the, the instability, I mean, we launched the Diablo and um, the Lamborghini and, and we saw 30% take up in a few hours like we normally do. What's your business doing about climate change? Sorry. No, that's cool. I mean, we 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 don't have a huge buy event. lots of petrol stuff, <laughs> but not turn it on. We never ever burn. So we're reducing it, and you know, no, so yeah, we don't we don't sit. You know, yeah, we don't have a lot of cars that are going round around a track or anything like that, and, and obviously we don't produce anything. So there's not a huge amount of overhead. Um, we are starting now. Hopefully, you've got planning permission now, so we will have a new building in Augustish next year, which will be a sustainable building where we're going to have our cars stored so the storage oh, okay. facility and the cafe will be you know it'll be uh, wood and glass so it's all recycled material then it's got plus you're saving money on furniture i hear <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm buying little tiny furniture, house furniture. House furniture. you've got to be under two foot to come and sit in my chairs <laughs> when somebody finds the archive of this in 20 years time what is the e-car that you would buy that you think will appreciate and value most in 20 years' time? Anything that's not mass-produced. So things like the Fisker. I don't know if you've heard of Fisker. No. I'm quite what niche. is that from? I'm going quite niche here. Oh, I think it's Scandinavian. I might even be Icelandic or something. That's okay. Niche is good. Ooh, so, so that's Icelandic quite niche. Yeah, Fisker. Fisker. So it's the one, that's the one that uh, Richard Hammond rolled going up the Swiss Alps, like a thousand horsepower job. Oh, okay, okay. Set himself on fire yeah, and he yeah. killed himself for a second time. Um, lovely man as well, by the way, Richard Hammond. And um, then there was, uh, well, the, on the original Tesla Roadster, mm-hmm. which is based on a Lotus Elise, pretty much, but they put batteries in uh, that. Oh, yeah. I remember them saying, they. I remember seeing him talk about it, that like, yeah, so we thought Lotus would be a good base. Yeah. It turns out not. Like They were like, the air conditioning system had to go, this had to go. Oh, oh they took the whole thing out, yeah. I mean, it was completely ridiculous. And obviously the batteries back then were obviously way, way bigger. But if you can find one of those, that's good. And then anything that's sort of cutting edge, I think, style-wise, like yeah, the BMW i8s that came out, they were pretty cutting edge style wise um, you know, again they've got I'm writing these down and putting them in a time capsule BMW i8s yeah. they're, they're a good one to get you think well I think early ones they're still produced now so obviously well uh, when did they stop them two years ago it's kind of ahead of its time the i8 and the i3 because we all like oh it's a bit like um, when Eminem came out and they said oh it's the first white rapper and it's like well they had the beastie boys yeah 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 well I mean the i8 is kind of it's not really an i it's not really an e-car is it because it's, it's a hybrid technically it's got a 13 oh it's got a turbocharged engine the Germans in the so it's kind of it's kind of that but it is you know it's it's it looks amazing like the Batman and I think that'll go that'll be one to appreciate not necessarily fully electric but then yeah, the electric cars look, just look for anything that's not mass produced okay. really right okay if they made more than about 10,000 not made by your your, your mate Daryl's uncle oh, Fred. So, yeah, I wouldn't touch anything electric that anyone Daryl's uncle Fred has made in a shed. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do, if it's got oh, batteries, have a vacuum cleaner. Man this. Yeah, so it's out of my old Dyson VFB5. Out of this um, this journey from uh, of, well, maybe it's your car driving you fucked up, but what, what's your biggest <laughs> fuck up? Do you think has been in this uh, career path? Oh, in this career path, I mean, doing it on my own, I think, is probably my biggest fuck-up. You're still doing it on your own, though, aren't you? Yeah, I've got a team now, which is better. But why, why do you think that's a fuck-up, doing it on your own? You just needed um, someone I to just, bounce I, ideas yeah, off? Yeah, just, 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 just mental health, I think, to be honest. Um, Sounds like you need to bring your dad in. He sounded pretty uh, yeah, good. Yeah, dad was great, you know, and then dad went back to Spain. And then, um, yeah, it was, it's, it was really, it's been tough because you, you're solving all the problems yourself. You know, if you're in a big company or you're working with other people, like, you know, director level, you know, you, you kind of have, um, you have 
have you have help and assistance with managing your time and what you're prioritizing and what your biggest challenges are. And if everything is your own voice talking to yourself, what do I prioritize? What fire do I fight? What what pressure do you feel? I don't know how you do it on your it's own. It's really tough. But I find, I'm, that's why I'm, I think you're quite curious because you seem very like, you know, you it's like you've got your head around a lot of different things, you know, and it's, um, but I, on my own, I'd be terrible, you know. Do you have a business partner now that you properly bounce off or? Yeah, well, so we, 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 from the last investment round, we got in some great people. So well, I, we've got quite a lot of traction actually, which was great talking about the different class of investors. And we actually managed to have about three or four quite, you know, sort of larger amount investors that wanted to help as well as like just put cash in. Um, so that really helped because that, that started to mean we could bounce ideas off, especially things like the product strategy, like removing the fact that we weren't going to go after NFTs and the virtual stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that next year because we feel like there's a, you know, a bit of time for it to catch up in terms of um, recovering from the crypto crash. And then those sorts of things helped. But then we've now got a new CTO starting in December. He's already sort of in the business. Sarish is coming and join us. He's the ex-CTO Aldi. So he's coming to join the business in December. And the that's, ex-CTO of Aldi? I think he's, I think he's what's it? Aldi supermarket. Con- con- yeah, country technology oh, products yeah, head or something. He's the guy who led the project to do the automated um, supermarkets. You know, we no, like physical, no human no, beings no, no, no. in the supermarkets. Yeah. No, no. So he's the product engineer or technical engineer behind that. So he's coming to join us. But that's a big coup to kind of get a CTO of that caliber. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's massive help because he's already in he's obviously to work in a notice. He's a car nut. Uh, he's a massive car nut and yeah. and and he's he's you know he's really um it's just so good to have somebody else to sweat with you you know yeah. and to talk about and it might just be that you got an email from somebody that pissed you off you know yeah. or something or, or or somebody said so we get things all the time with some of the legalities of it because we get people who invest in the business who are IFAs and they're investors or whatever <laughs> and have done loads of these things and they're expected to see something like a tax treatment letter or something like that. And um you know you get those emails and if you're on your own you're reading it you think shit I, is that something I've not thought of? Right. Is that something we really need to yeah, do? Yeah, is this the yeah. worst thing in the world? Is this going to cripple our bit? You know, and you sort of wind yourself up. And he's like, yes. <laughs> like, Shit. No, and, and nine times out of ten, in fact, every time, actually, so far, it's been, no, it's fine, right? Yeah, but you just yeah. need somebody else She's to sit next to you and go, just don't worry about it. He hasn't got a lot of corporate needs like he needs a company car. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, six like, o'clock. Yeah, Ferrari 355. Well, see you later, mate. <laughs> far over there. No, I mean, he comes with, um, he just comes with huge passion. He's, you know, he's been, he's been in Ali since he, since he left university. So he's been there for 20 years, uh, probably 18, 19 yeah. years. Wow. And I think he's just he's desperate to, to to do something where you can see a cause and effect rather than a cause and then far oh, fucking later an effect you know because it just takes so long with so much red CFO tape. have you got a CFO uh, so we're currently using an outsourced business to do all the financial accounting that we're, tax question that email sounds like you need a CFO don't ask the tech officer that build a machine to find out it will work it out in there three years there will be years. an algorithm can I just somewhere? put it in ones and zeros <laughs> one zero 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 one. Oh. no we need so we need we need chief commercial so t- the two hires are going to be either a CCO or, or a director of commercial partnerships and then a because um, that's that's the way to grow the business is more partnerships uh, and then the um, yeah the CFO is next or, or CIO I might go for a chief investment officer with a financial background so yeah. one of those two uh, what's your passion outside of business? And I guess cars. I was going to say other than cars. Other than cars. <laughs> other yeah. than cars. Um, sports, I guess. Sports and family. Um, you know, skiing. We do we do skiing every year. We do Twitter traveling. Um, and then... Um, Favourite place to ski? Favourite place to ski? I probably, well, so I, I did uh, spend some time in Denver and Colorado. So, you know, I have to say Loveland. Andy's brother lives in Denver. Oh, right. So, so have you been yeah. to Loveland in Denver? In, in, it's just, just I in the want Rockies. to go to That's Loveland. Like somewhere where you might get married. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Loveland's brilliant. Um, obviously, you've got Black Rock and, and Copper Mountain. Sounds and more like ones, a strip club than a ski does. resort. Oh, if, well, if you want to go to, you want to, go to the, best, the best place to ski and then party after. I thought you were going to say strip club. Not strip club. <laughs> Not strip club. My wife's looking. Um, no, the best place to ski and then party after is in Beckham Ridge, I think, in, 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 right. where you 
you've got the $1 margaritas when you get back to the slopes and all I mean, of the... swap those names around. Beckenridge sounds like a good skiing spot. That is the best skiing spot and it's also the best nightlife. This is uh, sometimes uh, quite tricky, I reckon, but what, what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Um, well, I guess uh, you can't do it. I mean, that, that was what we were given. The worst advice, I, I spent nearly 12 months and about 60, 70 grand of, of money on lawyers telling me that we couldn't do it the structure doesn't work, that you won't ever get regulation. You won't be able to get regulated. You have to be an AIF or you have to be a CIS. So which I kept saying, why? Because we're scared. Well, what makes it a collective investment scheme? Or what makes it a fund? Is because there's a fund manager. Okay, well, there won't be a fund manager. The, the yeah. shareholders will make the decision. Well, how are they going to make the decision? We'll give them a voting system. Well, they make, yeah. You know, we'll give them a voting system. Well, they're just going to fall under that regulation. And it's non-marketable pooled mainstream investments. And well, it's, you know, so we, we had all these categories, they even pigeons they wanted us to put us in because it was easier. But sometimes if you, you know, if I didn't, I had time on my hands. And I, when I heard no, it was and sixty a, grand on your hands by the sound well, of it. Well, of fees in the end, but I wanted to go and solve the problem. And I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make it accessible. If I leave it as an AAF or a CIS, it means nobody can invest apart from fresh investors still. Yeah. And the minimum entry is going to be fifty k. We need to democratize. So I was like, I won't take no for an answer with it unless that really is the answer. But I'm at least going to push a few times. And eventually, we found a structure that worked and that was approved. And you know, that's where we are now. So we have managed to democratize. We have got minimum investments about five hundred quid, and we, you know, we are making this this great performing asset class accessible to a lot more people. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given other than don't You can't up? do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I, I don't know. I think just, just um, you know, there's lots of people who give me some great advice all the way through. And, and I think, you know, be, be tenacious is, is definitely one. I think, to be honest, I'd probably say, like, you know, don't, don't wait. You know, like, uh, one of the guys, well, my dad actually has always sort of said, if you feel like it's the right time, and my wife as well, just go for it. You know, don't don't feel like you have to wait. Don't, there's, there's always a chance to get more experience. There's always a chance that, you know, there's not quite the right time from a money perspective or a family perspective. You know, if you've got a, an idea and if you've got uh, enough of the backing that you can back yourself, don't do stupid risks. But if actually you think there's a way of going, getting forward and, and creating something that you can own and run yourself, then go for it. You know, don't wait. Do you ever have those days where you wake up and go, oh, I just wish I had a salaried job, I just oh, want God, to be? Yeah. I mean, you ask my wife. And that's, like, that's like every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, no, just, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. Of course, the, the security is, yeah. is difficult. The, going into a place like this where you see the bank account, you know, the working capital is, is um, you know, the burn rate is there and you know consciously that sometime in the middle of next year, if we haven't raised, we're going to be needing to be making some very difficult decisions. And... Yeah. That plays on my mind, you know, on a weekly basis. And that, you know, that just doesn't happen if you don't own your own business. You've got some supportive investors. If it yeah. push, you could pick up the phone and say, Ari, I know I said we're narcissists, but you've got 20 grand for us. <laughs> yeah, 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 quick. No, yeah, we have got some supportive investors. We've also got a good way of, of hunkering down. You know, the, the, there's not a huge cost base in the business, which is great. So that burn rate, you know, we can get down a lot. A lot of the burn for us is growth. So if we're not growing, yeah, yeah, yeah. we won't need to burn. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others get set up and on their way Ori Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. 
And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. What would you tell your younger self walks in the door? Uh, oh, God. Um, I guess a combination of stuff we discussed. Don't wait and get a, get a co-founder. Okay, co-founder. <laughs> yeah, don't wait, but do it with someone else. Do you ever wish you'd done what you're doing now earlier? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. The, the decision-making now is harder because we've got kids. We've got you know, a yeah. bigger, bigger mortgage. I think the only thing, the only reason that I, I got a bit of financial freedom because we had the money out of, of the previous business, so they had a little bit of financial freedom there to probably give it at least 12 months without needing to find a salary. As, and now it's been nearly three years without having a salary, so um, we've modelled but if you could do it, if you if you know if you can know what you know in your sort of late thirties, early forties, but you had the sort of freedom to do stuff in your late twenties, you know it'd be a great combination. But and another thing, like if we're trying to raise capital as a late twenty year old, I think that's going to be harder unless you're really well connected. Uh, that's going to be harder. What are the next three or the top three vehicles that you're kind of you think you would love to have? Well, I mean, we're, we're sort of being pragmatic. I mean, I'd love to get into the upper echelons of the, the sort of into the millions, but and, and do a Ferrari. How, how, how high does it go? What are At the, the moment, on biggest car we've done today, it's 220,000. No, no, but is it, where car values, do they go into oh, 10 million? Oh, oh, yeah. And what is, what, oh, what, yeah. what's the, like, the, the daddy? What, or one of the so daddies? So the two daddies at the moment, the McLaren F1, is is one the of the McLaren, daddies. Yeah. F1. Oh yeah. yeah Which that's... is what from 1996 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, mid 90s, yeah. The original powers. McLaren when they first made a that's supercar. It. Yeah, the Le Mans Why? one. Um a British car. It's I'm Gordon, to hear. Gordon Murray, I think, the engineering behind it, the fact that it beat everything around it's uh, it was so limited production run, you know, they run made so few. There were some great stories at the time where some of them went out to Bahrain and got lost in the desert. And you know, there's the ones that then were crashed in Le Mans and then came back in different guises. There's just some so much romanticism around it, as well as being a proper supercar. You sit in the middle rather than to one side, you know. Um, the gold lining with real, real gold on the lining of the engine bay to keep the heat down. There's just some cool stuff about it. Oh, well, at the time, what was it? 300 grand or something? Was no, there were more than that. I think they're probably over half a million when they were new, but they're now into 40 million. And what's the other big daddy? Uh, the other one's the 250 GTO. Kind of Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari, yeah. That's so, the one for Freddy's, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, yeah, version of, yeah, exactly, yeah. So there's Because the I was going to relive uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, yeah, I was coming up with there's a plan of something to do. Anyway, but yeah. And that I might was, be a 275 in Ferris Bueller's. You can Bueller. rent one. You can rent. Uh, 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 or maybe there's lots of different versions. There's a re- yeah, there's lots of different versions. And there's just some really good replicas based on a BMW Z3 as well. So be, be, be warned. All the yeah, glitters is You not can gold. rent one for like a thousand or something. Then I found another page that said it was 30. 13,000 to rent it for the day. And I yeah, thought that, that must be wrong, but that's probably the right one. Yeah, want to be real. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're again, you know, I think Chris Evans had one for a while or one, it was involved in one that was 20-something million. Beautiful car. Yeah, and they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. So again, just the, that's the nostalgia pedigree, you know, sort of the ultimate 1960s convertible car. There were quite a lot of E-types made, weren't there? Which is why they're E-types, not... Yeah, we've done an E-type. We funded a, a Series 1, chassis number 991 no, no. E-type. Yeah, yeah. That was very, very good. That supposedly was the car that inspired the 250 GTO because uh, Enzo Ferrari thought it was the most beautiful car in the world. Do you think we're still good at making cars here? We lost our way a bit now. I mean, it's so difficult. I mean, what, what's what's manufactured now? I mean, there's yeah. some great independent manufacturers around. You know, you've still got people going. Morgan, so, G- what have we got there? Morgan, yeah. So Ginetta, I love Ginetta. They're a fantastic. Never even heard of them. Who are Ginetta? Um, they're a sports car manufacturer. Um, Lo- Lo- yeah, UK, UK based. Yeah, up near Leeds. Lo- yeah. Lotus yeah. are still going. Lotus are still going. Just released the uh, Amira and some of the uh, the new ones, the Avora as well. They've got some amazing cars. Valley, if people don't realise where there's what five out of the 
Formula One teams are, are all British, and even including the amusingly the Renault, which always just thrills me with delight. But when it comes to sort of manufacturing vehicles, I mean, there's a wonderful story. I remember when the British invented the turbocharger in like about 19 whatever, and we went to the things and we were winning, we were fucking everyone up, and then it blew up. When we lost, Germans went by. Next year, the Germans turn up with the turbocharger. And it's like, and of course, and it the works. British, cut, and it works. The <laughs> British really car well. blows up again, yeah. and the Germans, nah. No, it's straight past you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I think, you know, we're, there's some great engineering. Look at, look at, like, just go back to Gordon Murray again with the McLaren. If you watch some of the videos, um, I this would geek out, but uh, on YouTube and things, there's there's some great videos about our inspiring and pioneering engine through Formula One te- technology. You know, the, Who was he? He was Scottish, wasn't he? Gordon yeah, was a, and, a, and a race car engineer, effectively. You know, yeah. worked for Tyrrell, I think, originally back in the F1 days when they created a six-wheel Tyrrell and then they created a downdraft so they created a fan underneath the car that sucked the car to the ground wow. so, so they made it go around corners fast and it was like lapping cars on like lap three it was already yeah. so fast it could go around and like pass the third place car within in three laps wow. he, you know some amazing stuff that's come from Britain in terms of engineering and I think that's why it's so ingrained in loads of people's heads you know it's, it's proper part wow. of the culture here why don't you just calculate how much it costs to drive how much value you lose each time you drive a mile and then charge that with a margin so I could come down and say I want to drive 50 miles in it and they'd say well you, the engine could fuck it up you're gonna da 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 but okay that'll cost you five grand yeah yeah yeah, yeah well, we, we're looking at so we're looking at because obviously one of the big objections is I can't drive the I car I can't drive it yeah so we are looking at um, a partnership with, a, with an auction site called Paddle Up who are great um, and um, the premise for them or for us would be that that um, you have 10 or maybe 12 shareholders so a lot lot smaller Oh, these do they tend to have like a hundred at the moment? Or at the moment, each car has between sixty. I mean, the test Ross has got four hundred, but the, the lowest about sixty investors, max about four hundred per car. So you couldn't organise a calendar for people to drive it. You could then say, right, if you put more than five percent into the vehicle, then you could drive I it. Think you just pay, you invest further. You say, I'll put ten grand going, on top. Going. And then, and, then you can. I, and I can drive it, you know. But then you just, you know, then would any of the other shareholders that couldn't afford that invest in it, knowing that you're going to get behind the wheel and maybe trash their investment? Mm. You'd have to drive. You'd have to have a professional stig who goes with so them and drives the, it. That's what the pallet one is. So what we thought is we could get a test track um, where it's supervised with a driver, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then we could give the twelve people could have a day twice a year. So they arrive at the track. We give them breakfast. They do, you know, they drive their investment car plus some other cars. We could have a race car there or whatever. Uh, and then they have a proper driving experience day, including experiencing their own investment car. But would you let them drive or would you yeah, have yeah, a driver? Okay. You yeah. need uh, a test driver, uh, ideally, it would be better to have a, because they'd want to take their son sometimes. So you need a really small test driver. Yeah. You can yeah. sit next can sit to the son. <laughs> <laughs> so you could say you could fit in exactly on the little Ferrari, you know, on the shelf at the back. Oh, Cameron in Ferris Bueller, you got on the shelf. Well, on those GT3 Porsches, you could pretty much like hide in the roll cage, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah. But yeah, we are looking at experience and then doing a dinner in the evening. Um, so so that you can get a bit more experience, but you still keep the investment, excuse me, aspects of the investment because you, you know, you if you do lots and lots of miles, or you've got lots of different people driving them, that risk of devaluing the investment is yeah. just massive. Oh no, that's terrible. Um, so we, we we sort of, and again, then goes back to. But explain. I don't, you know, funny enough, um, we most of us got such short attention spans, and the truth is, you drive it so bloody hell, it's difficult to drive. And then you won't Fucking, drive it again. Yeah, yeah, but you just get that feeling. I mean, you could. The alternative you could do is you could find a place that already allows you to drive basically that car and say, look, we'll, you know, for for 10% extra, we, 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 we arrange for you to drive. But it's not the same. It's not quite the same. I mean, we, we, same. we sort of do that with our, we've got, um, uh, you know, we organise tours. So just the Classic Le Mans Grand Prix, Classic Spa Grand Prix, stuff like that. So the investors will get access to those sorts of things and then there'll be a range of vehicles to try and stuff. You're going to bump into one of your mates who, who succeeded as a driver in a few years and be like, who's sorry now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at me. <laughs> With all these cars, I can't and, drive. And yeah, exactly. And he'll be like, you can't even drive the fuck. Oh, he's like, shut up. <laughs> That's not the point. But, but to some extent, for some investors, it must be just like owning a piece of art. Actually looking is gives them just as much pleasure as actually kind of driving and yeah. maybe even more pleasure. Yeah, so. we have, well, I think we have three categories. You've got, you've, got the, you've got the exactly that, you know, the sort of person who likes the car, wants a bit of nostalgia. We've had people come and sit in the cars because it was the car they got married in just for some photos on their anniversary. They got married in a car? Got, well, sorry, they went to, they, to the wedding, you know, got driven to the, oh, right. <laughs> in the car. Just married. Um, I thought that was a thing. Suddenly. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Do you? Um, and then you've got, yeah, then you've got the people that, that you know, do nothing about cars. They just know that it's a good appreciating asset yeah. class. It's done, you know, 10 to 15% returns year on year. Makes sense, diversification of a portfolio. Whack a bit of money and don't care what You're going to have to is. start buying petrol because they're not going to sell it soon, you know? 60 years left of that. I think we've got a war. No, no, no. Not that it's going to run out but the petrol station is going to fuck off. You're going to end up like, you know, they have to do that on the side. Not, not in Italy. There is a petrol station every, like, three miles in Italy. But do you not it's know the mathematics of it? Like, because you don't go to the petrol station at all when you have, I have an electric car. You don't go at all. It's, it goes from, like, all these visits to zero. And so you only need like 20% of the population to like have electric cars and then you lose half the petrol stations. It's like one of those inverse things and they're all going to, and then, and then basically everyone has to get an electric car and then it all just fucks, you know. I quite like the social experience of going to the petrol station, but there you go. (laughs) I can't, I don't think you can, I just, it's mad the way we ended up using petrol cars and it is, we will look back at this history, but history's mad. You know, we had to invent the mobile phone to make a battery powerful enough to make a car that we, you know, around, but you know, that it worked, but, you know, it, 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 it is the sound of a fucking uh, uh, engine. I mean, just the fact we made, they sound like lions, yeah, you know? No, yeah, nothing or, is the smell or, or, and the sound. Or the, the like motorbikes that. I was hearing going across the bridge of London the other night, the Hells Angels are in town. It's like, it's like fuck. Well, that goes back to the point we were saying earlier about why the British love cars. And I think, you know, because of the sound and the smell and the noise and people getting into motorsport, because we've always been good at motorsport, that's how it always breeds generations. Danger. It's and I take my son to motorsport because I enjoy it, so he comes here. He'll still keep going through. And he, you know, he, we've got a Honda E. We don't mind having a Honda little uh, electric run around, but there'll always be petrol in our blood and we'll yeah, always want to have yeah. a petrol car. And I think lots of people will want to do that, but there's no way. You might have to drive 10 miles to a petrol station rather than two, but you're still going to have access to it. And I mean, I, I see and wonder sometimes because we are we are amazingly good at car. We're very good at driving cars. You know, we're great race. We, 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 you go through the history of cars and you know what I was thinking the other day? It's because I read British car books. Because I sit with my son and loads of the book is about Britain always. You know, well, don't forget the British and we do this and that. We've got Aston Martin, haven't we? You know? And I I do wonder with such a small country why we're so fucking obsessed, you know? I don't know. I was just going to say, I think one of the things that amazes me about um, Britain is that you haven't given up on car manufacturing. I mean, as an Australian, you know, we've kind of let it go. But Holden, have you still? It was, no, no, it's oh, gone. No, it's Holden, gone now? Holden yeah, went and yeah. they were amazing. Yeah, yeah the VXR, but, yeah. Yeah, so... so I mean, you're right. It's like for a small country, it's quite amazing how committed people are to cars and, you know, what amazing cars you produce. Yeah, I, I, you know, like we love to go for... Anyway, something weird about us. Maybe I do have a theory, which is that what we're good at in this country is the weather's really mediocre. It's uh, never any worth cakes, never too hot to go to the beach. So we go to the sheds and fix the and fix the toaster, you know? And we're like, see, I'm going to get a fucking car faster, mate. You know, fucking, you know... So, that was this week's episode of BWB Extra. Wasn't it fun? And we'll be back with a new episode next week. Until then, it's goodbye. Goodbye.